This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking MLK day. I hope Amazon workers are having a nice productive shift. We're going to talk about labor rights today because it is MLK Day. We're going to talk about the strikes with King's Super or King's Shopper. I don't even fucking know how to say it. It's not in my area. Kroger is what I know it as. We're also going to talk about the Starbucks that are going to uh, try to unionize on top of the ones that already have. We're going to, we're, of course, we're going to play right wingers getting MLK completely wrong. We're also going to hear from Pelosi, Harris, and the family of MLK. What else we got? Hold on. I don't even have my notes up. Uh, a puppy with a baby doll. We got a puppy with a baby doll coming at you tonight. We're finally going to do the video of Candace Owens's pet peeves. I wonder what they are. I know what my pet peeves are. More like radical leftist, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We're going to get all into that. I've even got a, I've even got a nice meme for you guys to see here in a second. I got a few memes. I got a few quotes I want to share. We're going to talk about low pay versus toxic work culture and which might be attributing more to the current situation the worker shortage here in the U.S. There's momentum behind the bill to ban lawmakers from trading stocks. I'm all about it. Oh, I stopped by uh, Vosh's stream a little bit ago. And uh, I thanked him. As the shameless whore that I am, I thanked him for playing the clip of me on Matt Walsh. Boss shouted me out again, and I got some more subscribers, so. Thank you, guys. Hmm. Dana White of the UFC was asked about Joe Rogan and the controversy surrounding him. Yes, happy birthday, Betty White. Donate to your favorite animal organization uh, in honor of Betty White. If you guys didn't see it, her, uh, her assistant... Her press person, whoever it was, released what she believes to be the last photo of Betty White. She looked incredibly happy. It was just a few days before her passing. So if you didn't, if you didn't see that, go check that out. Yes, I posted a letter from a Birmingham jail multiple times today to right wingers that were posing about MLK. They've never fucking read it. They don't want to. I I couldn't. I didn't want to lift quotes from it because I didn't want to get banned on Facebook for saying white moderate or, you know, some of the the N-words that are in there. How liberals and conservatives feel when they celebrate MLK. We're going to hear from both uh, Dave Rubin and Steve Bannon here on MLK Day. So that should be interesting. Uh, Ruben is going to be incredibly stupid. 
He's going to play us MLK quotes that he doesn't think we've heard. I'm doubting it's going to be any of them about, you know, socialism or dismantling capitalism or anything to that effect. But we're going to hear from the Colleyville rabbi. He gave an interview on CBS. Maybe it was NBC this morning. We're going to hear what he has to say about the synagogue hostage situation. Fox News is saying the FBI is in damage control over the whole incident. I have no fucking clue what they're talking about. But you know if it was on Fox and Friends, it was well informed. Uh, The CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, is saying that the CDC's messaging could have been clearer. And what might be the understatement of the year thus far, we're only fucking 17 days into it. I'm not high enough for this shit. In a video I've almost clicked on multiple times a day. But I figured I would save getting pissed off about it for you guys. Kim Iverson from The Hill is asking the question, Was Joe Rogan right about the whole myocarditis thing? The answer is no, he was not right. (laughs) But Kim Iverson is just asking the questions everybody else is asking, right? Oh, fuck. Let's start off the night with the platitudes from the liberals. They were also joined by the King family, so... If you're supporting one side or the other, I mean, I this is the side to support, right? However, the King family... They didn't want any kind of celebration. If it wasn't... Now, the King family might not have been with Nancy Pelosi or VP Harris today. It might just... It might just be clips of them together. I'm not exactly sure. This once again this is what I get for not watching shit until I get on here with you guys. But I think I think it's it's multiple clips of different people. I I don't I don't think the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is getting passed. Apparently Mitt Romney went on some fucking show you know, and said that Joe Biden didn't ask him once again, about joining on. Sanctuary, together with members of the King family. And it is an honor to be with you today as our nation remembers the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. As I, I do not like the music that the Hill has put under these clips. Dr. King was a prophet. He was a prophet in that he saw the present exactly as it was and the future as it could be. And he pushed our nation toward that future. My mom always said uh, a holiday should be a day on, not a day off. Today we're not here to celebrate. We're here to be on. We're here to call on President Biden and the Senate to pass... God damn right. And to warn that our democracy... Now the House has passed both. On the brink. It's all up to the Senate. ...serious trouble without these bills. The truth is 
that what is happening in the Congress... Well, they actually were there with Nancy Pelosi. Did you also see Cori Bush over Pelosi's shoulder? His relentless and persistence in trying to get this done. Yeah, this is this music is insane. I wish it had just been the clips. And the truth is that our colleagues, House and Senate, Democrats and Republicans, must weigh the equities here. While it may be true to them that the filibuster is an important custom. It is not the Constitution of the United States, the truth is. And the truth is that the Constitution says only if you're ratifying a treaty, convicting an impeached person, or ratifying the Constitution, a simple majority. That's why the Vice President can break a tie, 50-50. So the truth, we want all of them in the Senate to weigh the equities. We all want bipartisanship. We all strive for it. We have a responsibility to do so. But when we cannot have it, we cannot confine I, I hate this faux idea of bipartisanship because Republicans aren't going to give an inch on anything. Our colleagues in the Senate, respectfully. And it's, I had an argument with an asshole today on a Republican congressman's page. He called the John Lewis voting rights bill a farce and said that John Lewis wouldn't be associated with it. I had to point out to this motherfucker that that is the 1964 Civil Rights Act that wasn't reauthorized under Obama. It was allowed to expire. John Lewis not only was for it, he got beat in the fucking streets for it. But that's the kind of ignorance that we're up against. We're not winning the propaganda war here. And I, I don't, I, I'm worried about the future. I really am. Because I don't, I, I don't know how we combat just the deluge of misinformation online. Fuck. I wish, I wish that Joe Biden was more like Big Dick Johnson. Holy fuck. And I've, I've gone over it so many times. Here on this show, fucking Lyndon Johnson used to sling his fucking dick around. He would take people into the bathroom with him for a piss. And then would turn around and show him his dick. <laughs> he literally used his dick to intimidate people. I wish we had a big dick slinging president right now. Uh, you just said COVID. I don't know. I don't know why you said COVID. I do know General Milley tested positive for COVID today. But like, if I came on here and told you about everybody that fucking tested positive for COVID, we'd be here all fucking night. I don't know if I can make it through this video with that fucking music. It's a different song now, but it's horrible still. Because nothing less is at stake than our democracy. This is about suppressing the vote. It's about nullifying the elections, which Dr. King... Yeah, yeah, when he's talking about the... He needs space between between his taint and his bunghole. <laughs> and when, when he's in the Oval Office talking to his tailor. But I, I like Lyndon Johnson. And the man fucking got the fuck out of politics. Became kind of hippie-like was very philanthropic, kept an incredibly low profile until he died. There's a documentary about him that is that is very fascinating. 
Now, there's a lot of things to say about him. Was was he fucking racist? Probably. Was it was he more of a shit lib? Was he in on the the fucking assassination of JFK? You would think he would have had to have known. But like all in all, it seems like LBJ was a decent president, especially compared with what we've had in modern times. Oh, that's the solution to the right wing problem. I it's not it's not strong enough. It's not strong enough. Oh, he 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 isn't anything anymore. He did. But yes, yes, he he was probably a, a raging racist. But he also passed the Civil War Rights Act. About that day, nullifying election by slinging his big dick around. So many things to be obstacles. But to there's, there was that a political that's calculation? Wrong. Of course. The truth is, that's wrong. This music is just insane. Like, it's killing me. Today, our freedom to vote is under assault. In Georgia and across our nation, anti-voter laws are being... I apologize to you guys for playing this clip. For as many as 55 million Americans to vote. 55 million Americans. That is one out of six people in our country. And the proponents of these laws are not only putting in place obstacles to the ballot box, they are also working to interfere with our elections to get the outcomes they want and to discredit those they do not. That is not how democracies work. We will not yield our efforts to enshrine voting rights legislation into law, nor will we allow a filibuster to filibuster away our democracy and our voting rights. Today, we are speaking to a pained and frustrated nation. But tomorrow and the days to come, we will witness the Senate do its job. Will we? She has more confidence than I do. We must draw the line in the sand of justice for any member not standing with us on voting rights. They are obstructionists. To the America's promise of freedom and justice. I'm I'm sure Manchin hears you from his houseboat, his yacht. I know people are tired and frustrated. And we can be tired and we can be frustrated. But what we can't do is give up. Just think what John Lewis, if he had given up those marchers marching across that bridge, if they had been bludgeoned on that bridge and didn't try to go back for turnaround Tuesday. That bridge is still named after a Klan member, the Edmund Pettus Bridge. They didn't give out. It should be the John Lewis Bridge. Fight for racial justice, social justice, and economic justice. We cannot advance our democracy or build stronger communities if Americans do not have a say when decisions are being made and how funds are being distributed. 
So we're speaking up for voting rights. Fighting for voting rights is about fighting the for granddaughter in democracy. Martin Luther King Jr. A movement my grandfather led many decades ago. But it's but it's also about all the other issues that affect all of us. Climate justice, reproductive justice, LGBTQIA plus justice, and so much more. We will not stop organizing to get this done. But for all the elected leaders... We don't talk enough about the hosting and celebrating economic positions of MLK today my message to you is simple do not celebrate legislate the senate must do the right thing when this legislation comes to a vote tomorrow senator cinema senator mansion our future hinges on your decision and history will remember what choice you make want to honor Dr. King, don't dishonor him by using a congressional custom as an excuse. Hey, don't you dishonor him by continuing to trade stocks. You have no right to honor this family. Vote for a more socialistic government. Six years old, left this earth in such a way that he has a monument on the mall along with Abraham Lincoln. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, all of them. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that monument. That's a good segue to the quote I want to show you guys before we get into the right-wingers. Quote by Vladimir Lenin, During the lifetime of great revolutionaries, the oppressing classes constantly hounded them received their theories with the most savage malice, the most furious hatred, and the most unscrupulous campaign of lies and slander. After their death... Oh, fucking good reads. What the fuck? After their death, attempts are made to convert them into harmless icons, to canonize them, so to say, and to hollow their names to a certain extent for the consolation of the oppressed classes and with the object of duping the latter, while at the same time robbing the revolutionary theory of its substance, blunting its revolutionary edge, and vulgarizing it. I thought that was an excellent quote to read today, especially after seeing the monument to Martin Luther King Jr. at the Capitol. And before we hear what Dave Rubin has to say about Martin Luther King Jr. So this is MLK quotes you won't hear. Good morning from the free state of Florida, everybody. This motherfucker isn't even in the studio. He's just out poolside in fucking Florida. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Seaside in fucking Florida. These lazy motherfuckers. Just like Matt Walsh not pausing to do another cut on the video after he flubbed everything up. They're just fucking lazy. God damn. I put more work into this show than Dave Rubin puts into doing his show. Guaranteed. 
everybody. I wanted to give a quick update and then I wanted to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. for just a moment. Uh, our plan was to be back in studio today. There Why, was COVID? a slight delay uh, with the house. We are officially in tomorrow and we'll have internet Wednesday morning. So what we're going to do... Oh my God, he's just jagging himself off. Tuesday, we will do a <laughs> test show. We're going to try to rig together some crazy internet just to do a test show and we're going to set up the studio. And then Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern... I, sh- I should have played Steve Bannon first. Steve Bannon's the more serious really person. Thank you guys for your patience. It's been a crazy time over here, but all... This is just, this is just sheer uh, grifting. Day, though, I really want to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. for just a moment. You know, everyone sort of uses him for their own political purposes on a day like today. It's one of the sort of most miserable uh, days that you can be online in a certain respect <laughs> because it's like, uh, is that... A divorced dad begging his kid to go on a fishing trip. He's goofy from the Goofy movie. So Don't go to the concert. That I thought go on the trip with your dad. Broad sense. So first I want to throw to this clip. It's about 50 seconds. He's definitely goofy. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Oh, there we go. It's going to be, and I've seen that a lot today. MLK's comments about communism. Especially totalitarian, because they love to conflate the two things. They love to, like, I, I saw socialist dictator today, and I'm like, you're conflating the two things. One is an economic system, one is a political system. They don't ever play you any of MLK's quotes about capitalism or how he's more socialistic in his thinking. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. Uh, does Dave Rubin agree with that? I don't even have to add much comment. By the way, I will I will point out, you can look up the headlines about Martin Luther King Jr. from the times when he was alive. The same things they said about BLM was the same thing they were saying about MLK back then. Exact same things. Exact same things. Commentary to that. It's like even back then, we had the tools, we had the documents to free ourselves. And that's what we've done consistently in America expanded more freedom to more people and allowed for freedom of speech and freedom of assembly so that more and more people could share in the American dream that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was always talking about so that his children wouldn't be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that's not how it is in totalitarian regimes. And it's like, does it feel like maybe we're giving that stuff away right now? Are we possibly giving it away? How does our freedom of assembly feel right now? How does our freedom of speech feel right now? That's for you to decide. So on this day, I would say, Maybe we've got all the tools we need. Maybe we've got the documents we need. Maybe we live in the country we're supposed to live in, but it's up to us to strengthen those things. It's up to us to live up to those ideas. Just platitudes. It's up to us to fight for the things 
Most appeals to symbolism. That's all they have. That Martin Luther King wanted more than anything else. Let's talk about what Martin Luther King wanted more than anything else. It's a, a letter to Coretta Scott King. Let's, let's skip over the I love you and all that bullshit. I imagine you already know that I am much more socialistic in my economic theory than capitalistic. Yet I'm not so opposed to capitalism that I have failed to see its relative merits. It started out with a noble and high motive to block the trade monopolies of nobles, but like most human systems, it fell uh, it fell victim to the very thing it was revolting against. So today, capitalism has outlived its usefulness. It has brought about a system that takes necessities from the masses to give luxuries to the classes. Social systems don't die overnight. I don't, he's talking about this Bellamy feller. I don't uh, think he gave capitalism long enough to die. It is probably true that capitalism is on its deathbed, but social systems have a way of developing a long and powerful deathbed breathing, uh, deathbed breathing capacity. Remember, it took feudalism more than 500 years to pass out from its deathbed. Capitalism will be in America quite a few more years, my dear. Yet... With his basic thesis, I would concur. Our economic system is going through a radical change, and certainly this change is needed. I would certainly welcome the day to come when there will be a nationalization of industry. Let us continue to hope, work, and pray that in the future we will live to see a warless world, a better distribution of wealth, and a a brotherhood that transcends race or color. This is the gospel that I will preach to the world. At this point, I must thank you a million times for introducing me to such a stimulating book. You are a sweet and thoughtful indeed. That's a quote from MLK you never fucking hear, Dave Rubin. I honestly should have played Steve Bannon first. He's far more serious. So he says there is no voting rights crisis in America. He's brought on, I, there's a, uh, she's a doctor. She's Dr. a professor. Because uh, you're she's a nut job. You dedicate your life to learning and to education. What are, are the universities, do we have a problem at the major universities, particularly the Ivy or Ivy equivalents like Vanderbilt? Do we have a problem we, that they're not woke enough, ma'am? We don't have a problem that they're not woke enough. We do have a problem that the leftist leaders in. She's a retired professor of political science and law at Vanderbilt University, a frequent television analyst author and editor of several books. She's a hardcore evangelical. In our country, use young people, and instead of educating them, the administrators use the children. They're not children. They're young adults. But they are manipulated to push a leftist agenda. And so I have like no doubt what? that if the professors... This is, this is my problem with the right wing. They always want to go off on nonsense and make assertions. Never back up what they say. What evidence do you have for your assertion, ma'am? You're a political scientist. You know what a logical fallacy is. 
Or you just don't fucking care and you're making that bank. That they want to push uh, uh, this fake voting rights um, uh, pursuit uh, through the students. They will use the students because that's what they've done all along. Uh, the CRT, all of that has come because you had leftist professors that feed ideas to the student activists. They give those activists a list. I, like, I'm not that far removed from college, less than 10 years. Every single right-wing professor I had was very open. They, 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 the first thing they'd fucking say to you is, I'm Dr. So-and-so, I'm a Christian, I'm a patriot, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's not like there's that many of them. Every single professor that I would assume was to the left uh, went to great pains to make sure that they came off as impartial. One of the wildest things was the ancient history professor that I had who specialized in fucking Jesus. I didn't know this. He was a Methodist minister. <laughs> like, would, would go and... and uh, have church on the weekends. The Bible thumpers protested his class every fucking year. There would be like crazy professors come in, act like they were students, and then interrupt the class on the first day every fucking year. And I don't know why he didn't do anything other than teach facts. So I... I don't know what they're talking about with this leftist indoctrination bullshit, but they can just get, they can get away with it. This is a grift they can run, and nobody on the right is ever going to call them out. Their followers are so goddamn stupid and lack critical thinking skills. This woman understands what facts are. You're not a fucking political science and law professor at Vanderbilt University, and you don't know what a fucking fallacy is. Now, smart people can convince themselves of a lot of shit. Cognitive dissonance is a hell of a fucking drug. And I'm sure when you're raking in the money, it's easy to uh, get caught up in the cog dis. (laughs) Citation needed. I I understand. She was a fucking political science and law professor at Vanderbilt University. Vanderbilt is an incredibly good university. She has to know what a fucking fallacy is. I'm just saying. ...of demands, and then the students act out. The administrators cave, and it's all a game. Uh, okay, so, so uh, a lot of that's quite provocative. What do you mean fake voting rights? All I hear on MSNBC and CNN all the time is that this is the number one. The Biden shit. This is a better follow up question than I've I've heard on any of the main like the CNN or MSNBC of the state election process. What say you, ma'am? Steve Bannon's a smart man. I'm old enough to have lived through the civil rights movement, uh, to have seen the passage of the 1964 Voting Rights Act, the 1965. The 1964 um, Civil Rights Act, 1965 Voting Rights Act, there are no um, uh, prohibitions to voting in America for people who are legally qualified. And the Democrats are using voting rights as a way to expand the election. 
You are wrong, man. First of all, first of all, there are nine court cases in Alabama alone in 2018 regarding uh, access to the ballot. There are, are many cases across all the states. What it is, is we do not make it easy to vote in this country. It, it is not a holiday. Your employer is only like required to give you an hour off or some shit. Are they even required? So if Republicans can make it to where there's longer lines, they discourage people from voting, and that's what they've been doing with surgical precision. I live in a bougie-ass area. It took me like two minutes to fucking vote. That's not the way it is on the other side of town. And that's by design. So you getting up here and saying anyone who's legally able to can vote leaves off a lot of fucking information, ma'am. If you're working two or three jobs, you're barely fucking getting by. The chances you're paying attention to politics in the first place is somewhat low. But then, that you're able to fucking get the time off from work, have the means to go to the polling place. That's why we have such low turnout in this country, and it benefits one specific party. And it benefits the ruling class, the oppressive class. So I'm sorry, you like fucking, you may have convinced yourself that you're correct because that money from the right wing is so sweet, but you are wrong, ma'am. And, and like you having the qualifications that you have make me, makes me believe that you might be a little sociopathic. I know Steve Bannon is, is fucking evil. Like, he is a very smart man. He knows what he's doing, and he's fucking us over on purpose. Now, you might have the cog diss, you might have some cynicism, whatever the fuck that you tell yourself. But with your qualifications, shame on you to go on Steve Bannon and say this nonsense. ...to people who are undocumented, people who are illegal aliens. It's not about... Never fucking happens. ...and whites having the ability to vote... It's about loosening the requirements so you have mail-in ballots. And we know from the last election that there's no way to police the mail-in ballots. We know that Mike... um, What does that mean? uh, Mark Zuckerberg set up those drop boxes in the areas where minorities lived. And those drop boxes were not police. They were stuffed in many cases. It was a way to cheat. They'd like to do the ballot harvesting. I There's no way to stuff ballots. There's no ballot no harvesting. This woman no is just voting. Uh, they told me Taylor throwing bullshit around at that door two or three at a time with ballots standing there, you know, demanding that you fill them out. And uh, she has to know what an anecdotal fallacy is and what she's committing right now. Joe Biden. And we know that that's not true. Uh, it happened because they were able to cheat. And yes, I do believe that. We know it's not true. Yes, they just say Zuckerberg. They just say fucking Soros. They just say socialism. It's buzzwords. And so there's no voting rights crisis in America. There is a liberal uh, democratic agenda that will use young people. They will use old people. They will use immigrants. They'll use blacks. They'll use anybody to push their agenda. 
Do you think we got about a minute in this block, and I'll come back and talk about CRT with you in the next block? But but is the African American community, particularly the working class, are, are do you think they're awakening to 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 to, to this issue? They're being used by the Democratic Party. They're being used by the global corporations. Absolutely. Oh yeah, they're walking away, Steve Bannon. That blacks are falling away from the Democratic Party. Not all of them are turning to Republicans, but they are not uh, identifying as Democrats. Uh, yeah, that's another thing. That's another thing. Trying to poison the well to make the Democrats like bring them down to the Republican level, so it will depress the vote by people just not voting. Well, I don't like either party, so I'm going to stay home. That's another tactic that they use that benefits them. Among young people, uh, Turning Point USA, Prager Force, uh, Clara Luce Booth, Young America's Foundation, Blexit that there are more and more young black people who can see... Oh, my God. They throw that shit out. Okay? But they never talk about people like me. I was president of the Young Republicans in high school. Wore slacks and polos. Campaigned for George W. Bush. Was a born-again Christian. They don't talk about how I smoked a little pot and learned that I'd been lied to and started questioning everything. They never, they never do it the other way. All right, let's calm down. Let's hear from a someone who's probably a hero, the the Colleyville rabbi. Apparently, he threw a a chair or something. Let's hear his story. He joins us for an interview you're seeing first on CBS Mornings. Rabbi, good morning to you. We are so glad you're safe and able to be with us. You have no idea how happy we are to see you this morning. Kudos to law enforcement and negotiators that got you out. And so I want to know how you're processing all of this. I saw interviews with some of your congregation over the weekend that said it was terrifying just watching it. I can't imagine what it You were there, Battle Opossum. You know it's true. Oh, I don't, maybe I, maybe I'd already did, like, I'd probably gone atheist in high school already by the time, like, we really started hanging out. Maybe. No, I kind of got back into it my senior year, but then you had graduated and gone to college. That's when I was going to that non-denominational church downtown for, uh, for a little while. That was my senior year. Oh, old Justin Smith. He was, he was, he's the one that got me into that church. Oh shit! Battle of Possum. One time, I was at Taco Bell with your brother. This I was I was pretty atheist in high school because I was at Taco Bell with your brother, and he fucking prayed over a taco, and I laughed about it. <laughs> oh, because at one time I was closer to his brother than I am. And like he's my best friend now, but like I was closer to his brother. Before we became best friends. <laughs> yes, fucking way. I, I've had to have told you that story. I've had to have told you that story. This probably would have been my junior year, his senior year. It was like before we were going to performing arts practice, we went to Taco Bell to eat. Did the taco come to life? <laughs> 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 
you gotta have a Jesus come out for your Mexican taco. Your Mexican pizza, they had those back then. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm sorry to fucking get completely off track here when this rabbi's getting ready to tell us about this harrowing standoff that he was in. See, that's one of the... Okay, so... Fucking nobody gave a shit about blessings in my house. Taco Bell's never been alive. Ah, shit. That's... My Christmas presents always came from mom and dad. They didn't come from Santa. Like, my, my parents never did any of the Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, Santa Claus bullshit. There was no praying over our food. And it wasn't that, you know, like, my mom's probably a believer. But, like, she don't care. She don't, she don't give a shit. So... <laughs> I grew up in an, in an agnostic house, so fucking the Christian nonsense just kind of bounced off of me. Even though I went to a Christian school for a year and did dabble in church. But as I've told the story, dabbling in church was mainly because, like, that's a place where there were girls. So I dabbled in church. That's probably why I was going to the non-denominational church my senior year. There were girls there. Oh, fuck. Your mom was cool. Praying for Justin's soul. Somebody asked me if I knew God today. I'm like, I am God. What are you talking about? Oh, fuck. Is Dave still religious? He is. He's bound to be. Fuck. The, the pantheistic version. All of our collective knowledge and all of all of existence is God. I, I like that. I can get down on that. Alright, this is the Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker. He was one of the four people held captive over the weekend at a synagogue in Texas. We're going to hear it directly from right. him. He joins us for an interview you're seeing first on CBS Mornings. Rabbi, good morning to you. We are so glad you're safe and able to be with us. You have no idea how happy we are to see you this morning. Kudos to law enforcement and negotiators that got you out. And so I want to know how you're processing all of this. I saw interviews with some of your congregation. Notice she said kudos to the law enforcement that got you out. We're getting ready to flip to Fox where they're not giving kudos to law enforcement. The, The back the blue people over the weekend that said it was terrifying just watching it. I can't imagine what it was like for you and your fellow hostages to be there. Well, it it was terrifying. It was overwhelming. Uh, And we're still processing. It's it's been a lot. It's it's, it's completely overwhelming. Yeah, you know, I, I saw interviews with law enforcement officials who were crediting you with being so calm and collected during this time. How were you able to stay calm when you're dealing with someone who doesn't appear to mind dying? I guess you do what you have to do. Well, I mean, he, he uh, as a part of he said he didn't want to die as clergy. We talk, but he was also very erratic. The idea of being a calm, non-anxious presence. We do that in hospital rooms. We do that 
during the most difficult of individual moments. And I did the best I could uh, to, to do that in, uh, throughout the, throughout the standoff. Rabbi, as we understand it, the, uh, the hostage taker knocked on the glass door of the synagogue uh, and you thought he might need some shelter. So you let him in, uh, made a cup of tea for him. At what point after that did things turn and you realized he wasn't here for shelter? When I, when I took him in, I stayed with him. Uh, making tea was an opportunity for me to talk with him. And in that moment, I didn't hear uh, anything suspicious. Uh, I, in some of his story didn't quite add up. So I was a little bit curious, but that's not necessarily an uncommon thing. It was during prayer um, while we were praying and my back was turned. Uh, we faced towards Jerusalem when we pray. Uh, it right, right. Before, I mean, this also towards Mecca, I would assume revealed himself, but this was, you know, plenty of time in, um, I heard a click and it could have been anything. Uh, and it turned out that it was his gun. Were you in I any went of over the other hostages? Uh, say that again, please. Sorry. Oh shit. Why'd we get cut off? Fuck you, Axios. Let's go find this. There are new details that are emerging about the nearly 11-hour standoff at a Texas synagogue over the weekend. One of the... ...and you realize... Where, where were we at? Rabbinic training is a part of training as a... Well, it, it was terrifying. It was overwhelming, uh, and we're like a little too far. It's uh, it's been a lot. It's um, it, it's completely overwhelming. Yeah, you know, I, I saw interviews with law enforcement officials who were crediting you with being so calm and collected during this time. Rabbinic training is a part of training as a, as clergy. We talk a lot about the idea of being a calm, non anxious presence. We do that shelter. So you let him in, uh, made a cup of tea for him. At what point after that did things turn and you realized he wasn't here for shelter? When I when I took him in, I stayed with him. Uh, making tea was an opportunity for me to talk with him. And in that moment, really, I'm captivated. Uh, anything. You think this is boring as fuck? Wow. I, he, in some of his story didn't quite add up, so I was a little bit. I, I don't know the details of everything that happened. Thing. It was during prayer, um, while we were praying, and we're getting to the good part. Battle of pause. We're getting ready to fucking pull a gun on him. Uh, it right, right before, uh, right before he revealed himself. But this was, you know, plenty of time in. Um, I heard a click. And it could have been anything. Uh, and it turned out that it was his gun. Were you in I any of the other hostages? Uh, say that again, please. Sorry. Were you in any of the other hostages ever physically hurt or threatened by this man? 
Did he harm you physically? Well, I guess we, we, we were threatened the entire time, but we, uh, no, fortunately, fortunately, none of us were, were, were physically um, injured. Uh, he, he didn't strike. You, you hear that click. That's got to be absolutely terrifying. Stop I, interrupting I him. That the congregation had training not that long ago for a, a situation where someone drew a gun. Uh, and that that's what saved your life. How so? Well, so for the past few years, uh, we've had training with uh, a, it's not training. It's, I guess, courses, uh, instruction uh, with the FBI, with the Colleyville Police Department. He's been going to the Killology shit uh, with Secure Communities Network. And they they really uh, teach you in those moments that. Yeah, if you're when your life is threatened, you need to do whatever you can to get to safety. You need to do whatever you can to get out. And Rabbi, as he was, oh, go ahead. I, I, sorry, um, these are the rudest interviewers. He, the last hour or so of the standoff, uh, he wasn't getting what he wanted. He was getting um, it. It didn't look good. It didn't sound good. We were very, we were terrified. And when I saw an opportunity um, uh, where he wasn't in a good position, I asked, made sure that the two gentlemen who were still with me, um, that they were, that they were ready to go. Uh, the exit wasn't too far away. I told them to go. I threw a chair at the gunman and I headed for the door. And all three of us were able to get out without even a shot being fired. Mm. Rabbi, it's amazing. And you and then the cops killed him. And that leading to some of this, you know, for maybe some- maybe he killed himself. I'm not sure. I don't know how everything went down away right in the tree of life. And I'm curious, knowing how some people there feel about going back into their synagogue, which they have not done as a congregation. Have you thought about going back to your congregation at this point, back into that building? Oh, of course. It's, uh, it's something that we are going to, that we're definitely going to do. Uh, unfortunately, we've experienced just great difficulty and challenge as a people. And at the same time, uh, we've experienced great resilience. Uh, it it won't necessarily be an easy thing. Welcome, bud. Important thing. Glad to have you as a freaking and follower. A synagogue is a place. It's called the Beit Knesset. It's a it's a house of assembly. It's where we gather. It's a place where we gather as a community. It's a I like the name, bud. Where we pray together, and it's been really hard since. You know, some of the community was in person. I'm so grateful that we only had a few people in person and we had other people joining us online. Uh, but the fact that it was only a few of us had to experience, all of us experienced trauma, but just a few of I mean, he's been through a very traumatic experience. I I don't know how they I don't know how he died. Did he kill himself? 
Or did the cops take him down? Greater Manchester Police in Northwest England tweeted on Sunday night that officers had arrested and detained two teenagers in South Manchester for questioning in relation to the siege in Colleyville as part of the ongoing investigation. Fludge King, welcome! Glad to have you as a freaking follower. So, around 9 p.m., the hostage rescue team breached the synagogue. They rescued the three remaining hostages, and the suspect is deceased. But did he kill himself? I do not understand what happened. And I feel like that's kind of important before we watch this Fox News clip where they're bitching about the FBI. So this is from The Five, Fox and Friends, one of those stupid-ass shows. Nope, that's not the right one. Fucking shit. I made a boo-boo. We're coming to that here in a second. From the FBI, as it now admits... The Jewish community was in fact targeted in the Texas synagogue standoff over the weekend, but the Bureau's initial reaction is leading some to question its entire mission. As one conservative radio host wondered if the F... Oh, Wobble, believe me, I knew. Just as soon as it happened, I knew. It it, it was a trickle of idiot-ass (laughs) right-wingers commenting on my videos. Did a couple of hours probably but like I guess he did it on Thursday afternoon Thursday night I started having some weird comments about like Matt sent me and I'm like what by Saturday morning it was obvious that like hold on I gotta go find this fucking clip what the fuck has happened I didn't find it until like Saturday night and my response to it is on the YouTube, and I, I I think it is the Troll Patrol at its finest. Fucking Matt Walsh. I sent him I sent him a, a message and thanked him. FBI is now solely focused on destroying the domestic enemies of the Democratic Party. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is Outnumbered. Outnumbered. I'm sorry. I called it like. You can see why I thought it was like the Five or Fox and Friends. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortegas, and in the center seat, entrepreneur and author of Craft, Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, a gunman burst into a synagogue during Shabbat services and took the rabbi and three other parishioners hostage, all while demanding the release of a convicted terrorist with a history of blatant anti-Semitism. Eleven very tense hours later, all the hostages made it out unharmed. But here's how the FBI initially described the incident. We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue, uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive. The FBI was then roundly criticized for downplaying anti-Semitism as the motive. Then hours later, it reversed course, saying, this is a terrorism-related matter in which the Jewish community was targeted. 
and it's being investigated by the Joint Terrorism Task Force. But there was nothing in the the dude's actions thus far that indicate that he was targeting it. The Attorney General was focused on making sure that we deal with these kinds of acts. This is just Fox fear-mongering for no reason. Such a professional FBI. Morgan, as the Jerusalem Post pointed out, the idea that any attack on a sig- she looks stunned. Specifically related to the Jewish community is patently absurd. I'm on TV. And they asked, huh? what more has to happen? What does it take for that to be viewed as specifically related to the Jewish community, Morgan? Yeah, the statements that first came out uh, after we all learned about this hostage situation and then, thank God, right, that it was cleared up and that people on the ground did their job. But the statements were just incredibly tone deaf, especially at a time when we have rising anti-Semitism. She's in Nashville. (laughs) Why? Why do all these right wing assholes have to keep going to Nashville and yucking up a city I fucking love? Why? Why? And why are you up to, of all the things to do a 12-minute segment on this morning, this, if you want to talk about anti-Semitism, look at your fucking audience on Fox News. Around the world, but in our own country as well. Um, in fact, you know, I think many people know that uh, my family and I are Jewish, and when we go to Temple Media Winch. here in Nashville, there's always these amazing cops standing at the front, mm-hmm. and I thank them. And, you know, I'm relieved to have them. And I know plenty of churches around the country need to have protection as well, sadly, because of attacks. And, and I think it's just a devastating place that we are in our country that we have to have police at our centers of worship in order to protect us. Uh, but but what is more important um, is that the administration... Why don't your God fucking protect you? In these situations. Um, so that is wrong of me to say in this context. ...in a targeted synagogue in order to achieve his political ends. That's the definition of terrorism. And at a time, as I said, when it is rising around this country, we should not be worried about... I don't even know if it was political correct. I, I don't know what... I don't, I don't think anybody questions calling it an act of terrorism. It's like, did he specifically target a synagogue, and I think it's too soon to know, and I think it's journalistic malpractice, as if Fox has any pretense of being journalistic. It's journalistic malpractice for Fox to assert this. What this administration was Mm. worried about, uh, what they were trying to cover for... Arm the church! Arm the church! We just need to call terrorism for... Tax them and arm them. And then deal with the situation. And Kaylee, to Morgan's point, you know, we might not understand what what the motive, the intent behind this administration's refusal to label this what it was. I'll give that an amen. Exactly what's been taking their attention, right? Critics argue, look, this entire administration has been focused solely on labeling Trump supporters, domestic enemies and white supremacists when they should be focusing on actual extremist terrorists like this one, Kaylee. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, what a an incredible statement from the FBI to say, quote, this is not specifically related to the Jewish. I have a little chart for you. This is from the uh, ADL. The vast majority of deaths, domestic extremist related killings in the U.S. by perpetrator affiliation from 2010 to 2019, right wing extremists. 76%. The overwhelming majority of violence committed in this country based on political ideology is from the right wing. 
Left wing accounted for 3%. Domestic Islamic extremism accounted for 20%. Which would be the category that this would fall into. But the more pressing issue in this country is the Trump supporters and the white supremacists. Sorry. It's like that, that sentence was redundant, wasn't it? community. That's a declarative statement. And in the, the immediate aftermath to make that kind of declarative statement is really shocking. Also from the White House at 6 p.m., we get a statement from the White House referring to the hostage situation. No mention of a synagogue, no mention of a rabbi being held up. And look, I understand and appreciate being careful as facts are unfolding in a situation. That's totally fair. But at 6 p.m., when apparently this whole standoff began at around 1040 a.m., so this is nearly seven hours later and there's no thought of putting in there uh, the word synagogue or mm. rabbi or any detail is really pretty shocking. And why I I Why is that relevant? Statement. And when you contrast that, Emily, to your point exactly, Miranda did a, Devine did a great column on this in the New York Post. When you contrast that with how quick Democrats... What she just said was even though the incident was still going on, I want to politicize it. That's what she just said are to labor, label their political opponents domestic enemies. Nancy Pelosi in August of 2020 called GOP lawmakers and Trump, quote, uh, enemies of the state. When you look at Kyle Rittenhouse... You are! You attack the fucking country! Kyle Rittenhouse's face was put in there as they're talking about white supremacy before the trial even began. And then just this week, President Biden referring to those who oppose federalizing elections, a federal takeover election, segregationists. Think how quick they are to use this terminology. It uh, harkens uh, back to Segregationist, and it does. It does. Strong words about terrorism from the White House, right? Because it's something like twenty-three fucking states passed laws that restricted voting. Guess where the the majority of them were in the South. Criticism here is that we're seeing FBI leadership for some reason focusing on simply. Oh, is that Kaylee McEnany? Party rather than the enemies of the United States. Look, the FBI has come out and decided that white nationalism is the number one threat they need to focus on. The problem is that the facts don't fit that narrative. Remember, actually, in Waukesha, not very long ago, over near Christmas. What the fuck is he talking about? A lot of anti-white content, racially hateful content that used an SUV to kill six people and injure nearly 60 in a Christmas. I've I've done this all day with a fucking right winger that I've been arguing back and forth with. That is called an anecdotal fallacy. You were using one example to ignore the data, which says you are wrong. The vast majority of violence committed in this country comes from the right wing. You think we're stupid, dude? Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? parade, you don't even hear about that anymore. Even want to talk about the Capitol. Actually, to my knowledge, the only U.S. Capitol police officer that was killed by an act of terrorism at the Capitol was killed not on January 6th at the Capitol, but was actually killed in April of last year by Noah Green, a committed follower of the Nation of Islam. And again, you don't hear that about that anymore. But I think that all of this is just a symptom of a deeper cancer. I don't even focus foremost on the Biden administration. 
I focus on the organization of the FBI. This is an organization that has persisted as a, I believe, a cancerous rot under both Democrats. Let's let's fucking disband the FBI. I'm all about it. Abolish the FBI. Abolish the CIA. Abolish the NSA. Abolish the cops. I'm down, dude. I'm definitely not in support of defunding the local police. But I could get behind defunding the FBI. I think that this is an organization that epitomizes. Well, it's a fucking start. Is all about. They decide what political agenda they're going to press. It's irrespective of the politics of who's in the White House, and it actually threatens and undermines the security of our country and the trust in the people who are charged with the security of our country, rather than actually protect. I, okay, so you're referring to Harris Faulkner up here. We watched her last night when they cut to her. She said, "I don't care." I hope she does it again tonight. I, I don't care. Which is what they're there to do. So I think that's why it's so important to call out. And I think it actually needs to be at the top of the agenda for, for the person who runs for president next from the Republican well, Party. Personally, I think the Democratic Party should be concerned about it, too. But this is a top issue about the FBI. That's what we need to see in this. Emily, and just I want to, to underscore, jump on that oh, for right. one second, oh, course, if you'll Harris, allow me to. Just, yeah, of course. But really quickly, just to underscore the chasm between the rank and file FBI agents. with Cut her off decisions versus those that are carrying out their orders, putting their lives on the line and protecting, to Morgan's point, worshipers and Americans throughout the whole country. Please, Harris, go ahead. Well, Vivek, one thing that I would say, and I would add to that list of where the FBI has then been inserted by the DOJ and and maybe via the White House and that National School Board Association, uh, is the the movement against dissenting parents and the conversation. How do we get to this? That might be difficult conversations at school board meetings. I mean, when you mix all of that up together. If you if you had attack on on fucking school boards on your on your bingo card, congratulations! I did not see that one coming. I would have never thought that would be the point that would go through somebody's head at this moment. What the fuck? Together, do do we need to take a look at how? Uh, the FBI performs its duties in America and, and its real role. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that what you're saying is anything more than an investigation into the Federal Bureau of Investigation and how it actually investigates. <laughs> um, but, Emily, in terms of your in terms of what you're saying, the rank and file, you know, versus those at a higher, more federal level. Look, we're always closest to the people who are closest to us. Mm-hmm. Right. So in your community, you're going to know your local cops. And and I suggest in this no no that's a, that is an issue in cities there tends to be wider more suburban cops bust into the cities to police the local areas no 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 and like who knows they're fucking local cops like i knew the cops in the city of pikeville kentucky when i was working for the news station I knew I knew the cops then because like I saw them in the course of my job. Nobody knows they're fucking local cops, and that is part of the issue. And I can also tell you a lot of people like to act like the more local you make the police, the less corrupt they can be. That is not true. That is not true. The local cops are the absolute fucking worst. The sheriff's departments are full of fucking corruption. Doing favors for friends and shit. Never trust a cop, period. Environment in New York City. I live across the river in Jersey. Um, and, and crime is everywhere. Well, wobble, I get distracted talking about shit nobody cares about, so... Here in New York City, get to know... But I'm high. Because they stand watch. They stand on the wall when others don't volunteer to do that. Um, in an environment where hate is hurled at them. 
Uh, it's a different relationship that we would have with police officers around us. And I, you, you know, know, if the cops weren't corrupt as shit, maybe they wouldn't get so much hate hurled at them. Smarts to go out and do that, mm-hmm. no matter what their politics are. Um, but but this whole idea about where the FBI lives in our lives, I, I, Kaylee, you were part of the administration that took a look at how that worked out. Is it worth looking deeper? Or is that just so offensive? Yeah, I thought that was Tommy Lahren down in the bottom left-hand corner. Oh, it is worth looking into, Harris. I mean, you think about... I can't tell these people apart. ...the way the FBI came out and called it workplace violence. You know, there is this really questionable reaction from the FBI to some of these terrorist attacks that hmm. we see. Um, and when you is that racist that against all teens? Pre- candidate and then president. Can I say that? Is that terms of service? Russia issue. I think it raised a whole host of questions why this narrative was peddled um, for a very long time and the president being briefed on it before he took office and that, you know, uh, they called it an offensive intelligence brief. I, th- I forget the exact term, but uh, the way it was kind of used to play into the, the narrative. Sure, sure. It needs to be looked at. We continue to see these red flags. We got to ask questions. Vivek, that's actually perfect, Kaylee, that you brought that up because that was my last question I was reserving for you, Vivek. Also, I really hate these panels. This is 12 minutes and they've got five people on screen. The 2009 Fort Hood terror attack that was used and twisted and called... All the cable news shows do this now. Like, how do you you get information across? Here on fucking Twitch, the ideal fucking setup is two people... Sometimes three people can work. But if you're if you're in other places, it's kind of hard to even do three people. Tell me wrong, wrong. You want more people on the screen? You want me to put some more boxes? We can do what? Fucking Prime K's channel and they got fucking 12 people all talking over top of each other. Hey, what what am I talking about? It gets way more views than what I'm fucking doing. Sirachi, welcome. Thank you for being a freaking follower. Glad to have you. We're moving on from the Fox News bullshit. That was just dumb. Talk about Joe Rogan. This is it's becoming one of my new favorite people to pick on. Fucking Kim Iverson on the hill. God, she's always saying the dumbest shit. So, I didn't play the clip that she's getting ready to refer to. Do you guys need me to go dig that up? Uh, Everybody else has fucking played it on Twitch and YouTube and everything. Like Like, you released on Thursday or something. Hell yeah, thank you, Staraji. I appreciate it. Joe Rogan was corrected. He's been telling his mostly young male viewers not to get vaccinated for close to a year now on the false belief that it, that the vaccine caused myocarditis. Which, I mean, it has a low instance. But COVID itself has a much higher instance of myocarditis. A reporter pointed this out to Joe Rogan on his show, and Joe, like, couldn't take being wrong. So, oh, they might play it on this. I might not have to dig it up. But this is Kim Iverson from The Hill. Was yes, Joe Rogan right? Rogan is continuing to irk legacy media. CNN's Brianna Keller tweeted, Joe Rogan gets schooled on his podcast and still won't concede he is wrong about the myocarditis risk of being unvaxxed. This is what she's referring to. Let's take a look. 
Podcaster Joe Rogan, who is a frequent spreader of COVID misinformation, was uh, fact-checked on his show in real time. Here it is. I don't think it's true that there's an increased risk of myocarditis. Now, this this is some Inception shit. This is me playing Kim Iverson, playing CNN, playing Joe Rogan. From people catching COVID that are young versus increased risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. No, there is. There's both. Well, let's look that up because I don't (laughs) think that's true. 12 to 17, more likely to develop myocarditis within three months of catching COVID at a rate of 450 cases Per million infection, this compares to 67 cases of myocarditis per million at the same time following their second dose of Pfizer. Yeah, so you're about eight times likelier to get myocarditis from getting COVID than from getting the vaccine. That's interesting. Now, that, that is said, not what I've read before, but also it's like, when, even when we're reading these things, it's like, what are we getting this from? Rogan reacted to the episode himself, writing, If anyone was going to make me look dumb on the podcast, I'm glad it's Josh Zepps because I love him and he's awesome. However, this is why I was confused. And then he links to this Guardian post. ABC broadcaster and guest of the Rogan episode in question, Josh Zepps, came to Rogan's defense as corporate media was going off the rails, saying to people who think that Joe Rogan is closed minded or that he he'd get pissed when I disagree with him. Here's exhibit A. I love the guy. He's he followed up. He pushed back. I hope readers realize that Rogan enjoys this kind of pushback. I hardly shut him down. He's a big boy. Dr. Vinay. I I don't believe he enjoys that kind of pushback because you never see it on his show. How can you tell me he enjoys that kind of pushback? Producer Dave guesses that would be the last time he is uh, he has what was that uh, reporter's name on? But apparently he loves the guy. Prasad also came to Rogan's defense saying Joe Rogan is right. At some ages for men, some doses of specific mRNA shots, the risk of vaccine-induced myocarditis exceeds the risk of myocarditis from infection. It was proven by the UK group. We have to be honest about this fact to have productive conversations. Prasad was quote. It was, it was proven by one specific group? Revisiting the issue. And also, you know, in addition to this, I was I, I saw uh, someone tweet uh, Mike Solana, uh, who's a, a writer, has a Substack, uh, who's a good person on tech stuff. He was pointing out that like now you can't just weigh one against the other either because everyone is getting Omicron. So it, so people who get whatever the and I think it's a low risk for both cases, but you know slightly elevated risk of myocarditis. It's hard to judge one against the other because you can get vaccinated and then also get COVID and have the risk of whatever the risk of myocarditis is in both cases if you get vaccinated because getting vaccinated is not going to stop you from getting COVID. So. Oh, I've left the cat outside. Does it fucking work that way? I don't think it would double your chances. So I, I think it's like even further scrambled by that. Like the like the people who get vaccinated are going to have myocarditis, myocarditis risk from vaccines and from COVID because they're probably eventually going to get it, right? Possibly, yeah. But I do want to point one thing out before we kind of continue on with this. The study that Josh Zepps is talking about, um, it, that was it, there was some flaws pointed out even by Johns Hopkins that said you know one of the issues with the study is that it really only as far as cases are concerned people who contracted COVID the young men who contracted it they only looked at those who actually contacted a health provider a healthcare provider or who were hospitalized so we're talking about young men who got sick 
and needed to seek medical care. And so they were saying the, the vast majority of young people who catch COVID are asymptomatic or so mild, they never seek a doctor's care. So it was skewed looking at just Mm -hmm. those who got more severely ill. And so that was one of the issues um, that people took with that particular study. Yeah, and and the question of whether or not they're going to compound each other, Omicron on top of the vaccine, is an interesting one, too. Because like you said, you can choose... I don't think it works that way. With Omicron, it looks very... It's going to be very difficult for people to escape getting it. And the myocarditis, as I understand it, comes as kind of an expression of the immune immune response, Mm -hmm. right? And so you, yes. you, you, you do want some swelling like to, to show that the immune system is, is working and it's building the antibodies and it's building its defenses so it can then stave off the future virus. If you get too much, that's when you get the, the myocarditis. Uh, so you, know, you, could, you could see that the two might you know, uh, you know, interact with each other in a way that, like he said, still, still needs to be unpacked. And this is the type of thing I think we'd like to hear from people that understand what they're talking about. But yeah. it's, it's almost yeah. off limits because... Yes, it's- yes, not Joe Rogan. Not fucking... That's been my point. Listen to Joe Rogan about MMA and fucking uh, comedy. Now we're going to discourage people from taking it. But at, what if it's the reverse? Like, what if right. raw honesty about everything is the thing that actually gets people to then trust what they're hearing and then become more likely. Well, and, to do uh, and it. right. it's pretty apparent that we we just like we don't know for sure. We have some best guesses right. and some best judgment about what the relative risks, myocarditis and other things are, but we Very don't low. You know, we don't know for sure. So to to have, I mean, as we're thinking about policy, to have you know vaccine requirement for people under the age of eighteen who you know, have a, have a right. low, very low, severe outcome from COVID, but might have, I mean, they might have myocarditis, issue, myocarditis issues both ways. They might have compounding it. We, like we don't, it's still unsettled enough that it, I, I don't think, I think it's weird to require to, to be at the level of you right. have to get this to participate in civil society. Are schools requiring vaccines? I don't know it that well. Yeah, and college students are are reporting that they're being told that they need to get the booster in order to go back to college. Um, But, you know, Dr. Vinay Prasad, who we were just speaking about, he actually does a really nice substack. They require a number of vaccines. He breaks it down. He is, uh, he breaks it down. He's great. Yeah, I've tweeted him a lot. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and he shows that the risk is different for, for, for one, different vaccines. Moderna has a much, much, yeah, and here's actually his uh, substack. Moderna has a much, much higher rate of having this sort of effect than, let's say, Pfizer. And they found that the Pfizer second dose has a much higher rate than the Pfizer first dose. And so, and, and they're, they're saying much higher rate, but it's like, Bobby, what happens when so low? Plus, then you get the virus. What happens when you get two doses and then you get the virus? What happens when you get the booster and you get the virus? We don't really know these things. And he breaks all of that down. And so he says, look, having a more nuanced approach to this rather than a one size fits all sort of approach for every male under 30. You know, in in Scandinavia, in I believe in France, Germany, I believe they have banned. You guys are leaving off the important part where we have to reach herd immunity through the vaccines in order to make the pandemic end you're leaving that completely out of it because that's that's the goal banned actually moderna for 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 men under the age of 30 
uh, for this reason. And yet we haven't taken that step in this country. We're ignoring that, you know, in order to combat vaccine hesitancy. But what's I'm not high enough for this shit. Men and you end up getting myocarditis. You're 25 years old. You get Moderna, you get uh, or 24 years old and you get myocarditis. You know, do you think it's worth it that the government was shielding the information right. because they were trying to, you know, that's you're right. I mean, I think apparently myocarditis is kind of a minor thing. Prasad brings up that's very important is he says we could be developing an entire generation of anti-vax. Uh, God help us, he says, because you're you're telling a bunch of young men they have to get this vaccine. And when a bunch of them have a friend or they themselves ended up with this bad reaction, they're going to say, man, I don't know if I trust anything in the future. And that's going to be. A- wow. And getting the information out there is important also from a health perspective in the sense that myocarditis is extremely treatable if you can diagnose it. Uh, but it can be hard to diagnose. People might not understand what's what's going on. But if but if people just intuitively, <laughs> if people are told, hey, this is a potential side effect. I, the hill has been horrendous. Symptoms, you know, within this amount of time from a, a booster or from a vaccine, then you may tell your doctor that, and then you can. Thank God Ryan Grimm is there to be a voice of reason, but still. For a more nuanced approach. Robbie and Kim are. In their conversation, Gupta said to Rogan, like, look, you're making a decent point on for super young boys uh, with myocarditis. So if you're a parent and you're more comfortable with just one jab, mm-hmm. but not then doing the next one three weeks or four weeks later, that's th- take that approach because th- then you're at le- you at least have a significant level of, of protection. All I know is, uh, you know, most of the smart people I know got vaccinated. Most of the dumbest fucks I know. I don't have it handy. Somebody else was talking about how all the pediatricians they knew were like first in line to get their children vaxxed. If Rogan had said that, it would be considered misinformation, but from... Uh, To get clicks on YouTube because they're struggling to get views. I mean, I I should talk about struggling to get views. uh, The person who was like, you know, rolling her eyes at that exchange that we just played on Rogan. What was eye rolling about that? They were having a conversation. What more do you want? (laughs) The the other guy uh, corrected uh, Rogan, and Rogan was very good natured about it and and was for losing. (laughs) And then acknowledged. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, he started talking about VARES. He started trying, like, what's the source we're getting it from? He started doing because, like, uh, if you watch the Hassan clip of Hassan reacting to it, I just happened to see that. And, like, Hassan pauses it. It's like, I bet he's getting ready to mention Vares or he's getting ready to attack the source. And that's exactly what he did. Let's stay on Joe Rogan, though. Dana White of the UFC was asked about Joe Rogan. By reporter. I was wondering what your thoughts were with the 200-plus doctors trying to put pressure on Spotify saying that Joe's a menace to... Are they really? Yeah. Well, how about this? Ever since I came out and said what I did, it's almost impossible now to get monoclonal antibodies. They're like... they're, they're, they're... Ooh, What? 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 I think I remember vaguely... Dana White saying something before Christmas that was stupid and we played it on here. 
Is he saying that because he talked about monoclonal antibodies, that like the government started hoarding them? Not the fact that like only one type works for Omicron <laughs> and it's in short supply. God damn. They're, they're making it so you can't get them. You know, medicine that absolutely works, they're keeping from us. I don't want to get too political and start getting into all this shit, but I've You probably shouldn't because you're an idiot. Bodies have been around for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you can't, you can't dig them up to save your life. The doctors won't give them to you. You know, and even when I did it, when I did it here in Vegas, which was however many weeks ago that I had it, like right before Christmas, I think, or something. Yeah, I made one phone call and was able to get to get it done. And that's not like some fucking rich, famous guy shit. Like anybody could have could have called and, and you know, because that's what everybody always throws at me. Yeah, of course you can fucking make a phone call and get it. Bullshit. They're like ten grand. Um, you know. Lene had it. Lene did monoclonal antibodies and did, did all that stuff. Everybody could get it. Now, and you know, Rogan's been talking about it. Then I went crazy talking about it. You can't get those things to save your life now. Literally. Whoa, 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 whoa. You think Matt Walsh destroyed me? Holy shit. <laughs> How stupid are you if you think Matt Walsh destroyed me? Go, go. You're on YouTube. Go down to my channel and watch my response. And if you think Matt Walsh destroyed me, I'm sorry. There's no help for you. Uh, I have way more than seven viewers, but also, uh, as I pointed out in the Matt Walsh video, that's an ad populum argument that has nothing. The amount of people watching me has nothing to do with the validity, validity of what I'm saying. Would you like to argue? I'll open up the phone lines. Give us a call over here. 917-830-4359. Oh yeah. I've missed out on some people. Zero bitches. Matt Walsh destroyed me. <laughs> Somebody was like, Matt Walsh made fun of you. And I'm like, really? That's what you call making fun of me? That's pathetic. You can hop in the Discord if you want to. Come on. Let's see what you got. Wimp. Somebody tried to call in earlier. If you if you tried to call me earlier, I'm sorry I didn't have the phones up. 917-830-4359 or the Discord is down in the bottom right-hand corner. You have a life, but you come on here to try to fucking troll me. I mean, I'm giving you giving you a, a wide open shot at me. Come on. Show me what you got. I'm sure a Matt Walsh fucking viewer is a pillar of intellectual thought. Lay the smack down on me. Guess not. We'll go back to Dana White. The backlash that people don't even want to allow you to discuss options and pretreatment. It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's it's one of the craziest things that I've ever witnessed in my life. You know, and you're, we're, we're talk, I'm not talking about um, experimental drugs or things that you said. This stuff's been around. And the guy, the ivermectin, the you're guy, a doctor? Won, the guy won the Nobel Peace Prize. You're a doctor? Huh? You're a doctor? 
No, but there's plenty okay. of doctors that do. Uh, Here he comes. <laughs> I just asked a question. Are you a doctor? No, but I, but, I, but I took them and they both work for me, so why shouldn't I be able to take them again? Or other people? I won't answer. I'll no, no, come on. Dive in. We, we do have a well, brain why shouldn't to we be able to take our own decisions. Right? You, you want to know what's scary? I bet I could get some fucking pain pills quicker than I could get monoclonal antibodies. No, not maybe. That's a fact. That's a well, fact. Well, I, I wish you would go take some more horse pace, Dana. Tic Tacs. Shit your intestines out. I encourage you to do exactly that. Oh, fuck. The CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, has stated that the CDC should have been clearer with its messaging. What an understatement. Rochelle Walensky, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said in an interview with the Wall Street Journal that the messaging around the COVID-19 pandemic and changing guidance should have been clearer. Walensky is being coached by media experts and is planning to have more press briefings by herself in order to ensure that the CDC is seen as an independent scientific entity rather than a political one, the journal reports. I think what I've not conveyed is the uncertainty in a lot of these situations, Walensky said, uh, adding that she is committed to communicating CDC guidance more clearly. The CDC recently changed its isolation guidance on behalf of Delta Airlines to say that people who have tested positive for the virus should isolate for at least five days and did not initially recommend that a negative COVID test be a condition to end isolation. Walensky said the new guidance was based on over 100 papers on the risks of the Alpha and Delta variants before Omicron became the dominant strain. Take your medical advice from Dana White. Go for it. No, no, no. I'm being sarcastic. Do not do that. There might there might still be some stupid ass right wingers in here lurking. So please don't 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 do that. Don't. Something I'm actually surprised to see, and I love that right-wingers are jumping on this and not giving credit to the leftists that put it forward first. Momentum is building to ban lawmakers from trading stocks. Some progressive Democrats and MAGA Republicans are uniting on a proposal to ban sitting lawmakers from trading individual stocks, although it's unlikely that leadership will bring the bill up for a vote. Yep. Members of Congress have great power to move stock prices and great financial incentives to do so. One line, a bill in Congress can be worth millions and millions of dollars, is according to former Representative Brian Baird, a Democrat of Oregon. Baird spent years advocating for the Stock Act, which prevented lawmakers from trading on inside information and increased financial disclosures. It became law in 2012 after being passed on a bipartisan basis but was later watered down and is rarely enforced. Senator John Ossoff plans to introduce an ethics bill that would ban lawmakers, their spouses, and dependent children from trading individual stocks while in office, not just if they have inside information. How this hasn't been a thing already for 50 fucking years, I'll never know. Ossoff is in talks with potential Republican co-sponsors, 
A Democratic, uh, a Democratic, I, I assume they've left off aid there. A Democratic aide told Axios without confirming specific candidates. Senator Josh Hawley on Tuesday tweeted his support for a trading ban, although it's not clear if he'd endorse including spouses and family members who are included in Ossoff's more stringent bill. Hawley's office didn't respond to a request for comment. Another one to watch is Senator John Hoven, the only Republican senator who is reported using a qualified blind trust for his personal investments. 100% support this bill. And probably I support something a lot stricter than what even Ossoff is putting forward. Should never have been a thing. I don't know how it was a thing. How did somebody come up with the idea that people with that kind of power and sway and information should be allowed to trade stocks? I don't even think they should be allowed to have blind trusts. But you know, I'm a fucking radical. This piece from The Insider says that low pay isn't causing people to quit their jobs. Toxic workplace culture is. feel like I need to pull up the meme. Why not both? Well, let's see what their argument is. Workers are quitting their jobs in record numbers, but what's nudging them out the door isn't low pay. It's toxic workplace culture. This is according to a new analysis of more than 1.4 million Glassdoor reviews, which found that a toxic culture in 10.4 is 10.4 times more likely to contribute to an employee leaving than compensation. Isn't Glassdoor a like an executive business managerial? I don't have a fucking profile on Glassdoor. Hold on. Because if if that is true, then that makes way more sense and wouldn't be indicative of the rest of the population. I mean, what's their what's their selling point? What's their angle here? So it's not it's not just high end jobs. Yeah, let's let's get the Wikipedia on this. It's an American website where current and former employees anonymously review companies. Hey, that's cool. Site later began focusing on CEOs and workplaces and what it's like to work at jobs in general. Okay, maybe maybe uh, not such a painted source. Compensation is at best a moderate predictor of attrition. This is according to Donald Sull, a co-founder of analytics of analytics firm Culture X, which performed the analysis. The analysis, which was published Tuesday in MIT Sloan Management Review, focused on reviews posted between April and September of 2021 for large for-profit companies that employ roughly 25% of private sector workers. 
Data showed that uh, apparel retailers are losing the highest number of uh, workers. Retail employees had an average attrition rate of 19% during that six-month period. Yeah, I bet. Talk about some grocery workers. Both the Kroger Company and United Food and Commercial Workers, local number seven, continued to badmouth the other side on Monday. As the King Supers strike stretched into the sixth day, but at least they were still talking at the negotiating table. About 8,400 union workers walked out of 77 Metro Denver area King Supers and City Market stores on Wednesday morning, striking over what they say are unfair labor practices on the part of Cincinnati-based Kroger Company, which owns the Colorado stores. On Friday, union representatives agreed to return to the bargaining table. The two sides met through the weekend and again Monday afternoon, though both sides said little progress has been made. Union President Kim Cordova addressed members Sunday evening via Facebook, saying the company has made very little movement. It's been very disappointing to us as we spent the first day in negotiations listening to corporate executives scream, yell at members, and show utter disdain and disrespect for the workers, the people that made every penny of their profit and that gave the difference. Cordova's line uh, seemed to be a riff on King Super's former motto, Our People Make the Difference. Kroger officials put out a fact sheet on Saturday alleging union officials have not provided new proposals regarding wage, health care, or pensions at negotiations. I can't imagine that's... That would be the first thing they would put forward, I would assume. It said that temporary workers are being hired in at $18 per hour, $2 above the starting minimum wage the company has proposed. Do not receive our hourly contributions to health care, pension, vacation, tuition assistance, making their total compensation less. Also alleged that the striking union workers were encouraging Coloradans to shop at non-union grocery stores whose wages are less than King Super's. Cordova said company officials offers continue to not address your issues and that they have not agreed to anything in terms of safety or health care. I am in solidarity, currently not shopping from Kroger. I am usually a Kroger shopper. Because they're union. Will the Starbucks union victories light a fuse of organizing across the country? Once again, I've, I've mentioned this for those of you who are new. I do video editing and podcast editing and shit. And one of my clients is a union busting organization. I overcharge them. I use their money to finance all my liberal hippy dippy shit. And they are incredibly worried right now. They are paying me a shit ton of money to make propaganda for them. More than they've paid me since I've been hooked up with them. Adam! Welcome! Last Monday, the National Labor Relations Board announced that Workers United, an affiliate of the Service Employees International Union, had won a second union election at a Buffalo-area Starbucks store after a historic victory last month. 
That means that the union was victorious in two out of three elections, thereby creating the only unionized Starbucks stores in the United States. Starbucks workers are now organizing in Boston, Chicago, Seattle, and also at stores in several states that have historically had weak union movements, including Arizona, Colorado, Tennessee, and elsewhere, thus raising the question of whether this represents a pivotal moment in the history of American unions. God, I hope so. Adam's just everywhere. He's on all the platforms. Starbucks union campaign could light a fuse among non-union workers and take off national like the General Motors Flint sit-down strike did in 1936 and 1937. As I've pointed out many times on this show, just having a company that is unionized in your area lifts the wages of everybody around that company. Right to work is a bullshit law, and here on MLK Day, MLK thought right to work was bullshit as well. If you want to read this piece, this is actually from uh, The Hill that I was reading from. I'm, I'm not high enough for this shit. Let's get on to the dumb fucks. I'm going to do... I'm going to do the... Daily Wire is solid. And I'm going to give them promotion tonight. We're going to watch a couple of Daily Wire videos since uh, they were so kind to feature me this past week. Morgan, ain't that the truth? They love hammering home that one line about uh, content of character and they don't pay attention to any fucking thing else that MLK had to say. Definitely not his economic policies. Definitely not about pushing for reparations. I don't even remember who this guy... What's this guy's name? This is the dude from the Daily Wire that I... uh, I don't remember his name. The bald dude. It doesn't even say... He's not even important enough to have a name. The bald dude from the Daily Wire. I don't think I don't think we've watched a clip of his here on the show. This should be fun. He says that woke creeps are teaching your children. But one of the experiences that a lot of parents have had during the pandemic is because of the lockdowns. That was a weird cut. At home, they got to see some of the things that their teachers were actually teaching their children. And it was an experience a little bit like that moment uh, when the guy with the butcher knife comes in in a movie or, you know, when somebody rises up out of a grave. It was just a moment of pure horror. So today, by virtue of uh, the wonderful uh, site, the libs of TikTok, uh, we have got some videos. I haven't seen these yet. I haven't seen these. These are videos of... What is up with them doing those weird fucking cut? You don't cut like that. Who? And by the way, I, I need to disclose this. I've actually applied to be a video editor at the Daily Wire since they were based in Nashville now. They've never called me back. I don't know how much money I, w- I, would, I would take to move to Nashville to work for the Daily Wire, but full disclosure. This guy's name is Andrew Clavin. Andrew Clavin. Andrew Clavin. Teachers on TikTok telling you what they think. And these are some of the people taking care of and teaching your children. So let's take a look and and see what they are. Hi. So I have a small dilemma. Um, 
I am starting a new job on Monday and it's a teaching job so the kids are going to call me either Mr. or Mrs. Jamie. It depends on what I want but I as a non-binary being I don't know what to pick. I feel like Mrs. would be easier for the kids but Mr. makes me feel better but I also kind of want to try mix but I don't know if they, like, the kids can do that. I don't know. What the fuck is wrong with this? Oh, yeah, and I love her little swords hanging from her glasses. <laughs> I don't know. Explain that it's young kids, too. It's young kids. My class is going to be four-year-olds. So, I don't know. And then, I don't know if I want to go by Jamie or Jamie Ray. I Because Jamie Ray is the name that I, I go by. Wobble, I lucked out and got hooked up with a educational company back in, like, 2015. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the whole Mister Mrs. shit anyway. I don't teacher. Fucking I. Come up with come up with your own name. Like I, I see no reason for Andrew Clavin to be playing this video and get upset about it. Triggered. I love the swords, but like, I just I lucked out and I got hooked up with an educational company. And that kind of opened the door to being able to do this, like, freelancing and working for myself as opposed to uh, having to work for another company. Because, like, fucking TV doesn't pay shit. TV doesn't pay shit. I, my... Doing After Effects is where it's at. If you don't know your motion graphics, you got to get in on that. Teach yourself After Effects and you're going to need a good computer. You're gonna you're gonna need like a, a fucking two twenty five hundred dollar rig. Get yourself like it. You're gonna need at least thirty two gigs of RAM, sixty four if you can afford it. I had a friend look like this. She's totally cool. By now, I don't know. Um, any advice would be great for any non-binary teachers. SOS. Yeah, just call call them by their SOS. name. S O C. Save our captain. <laughs> Thanks. So my advice would be get into another business, preferably one where you're nowhere near children of any sort. And my advice for the children would be to come in. Uh, Dude, you look like somebody that I wouldn't want anywhere near children of any sort. Uh, until basically uh, she's chased up into a windmill in the hills, like in the movie Frankenstein. I think that would probably solve the problem. If you're a parent... Uh, you might want to write to You want to know who shouldn't be anywhere near kids? Anybody involved with a church. Churches are nothing but organized pedophile rings. Don't mind how I look. I know I look raggedy. It's the end of the night. So I'm a non-binary preschool teacher, and my kids know I'm non-binary. Um, they know I'm not a girl or a boy. I use they, them pronouns in the classroom. We work on it. Not all the kids get it. That's okay. And I go by Mix Gray in the classroom, not Miss or Mr. Mix. And today, one of the kids goes... Hey, we've got two boy teachers in the classroom because the other teacher in the classroom at the time was a guy. And they go, no, there's not. I'm not a girl or a boy, remember? And she goes, oh my God, wait, does that mean you're dead? <laughs> so I think, I think that's my new gender now. Um, I think I'm going to change all my gender settings to dead. Yeah, I think the, the kid who said, if you're not a boy or a girl, you must be dead should be teaching the class. I mean, there's obviously the person who is the most mature, has the most mature, realistic outlook uh, in there. How, did How was that mature? How did hire them? I mean, what is going on? You know, if I'm... Maybe a, they're qualified. I am there 
You, you know, Who hired your cameraman? Superhero Flash. That's how fast I would be at the school trying to get rid of this teacher or at least taking my kid out. And this is amazing. No wonder, you know, this is this is why the FBI is investigating parents as terrorists. I think they maybe should be investigating the teachers as Nobody is investigating. Hi, oh my god. This is fucking right-wing straw men constantly. That's why they're investigating teachers as terrorists. That's not happening. We had violence at school board meetings across the country. We watched several of the videos here. All of them egged on by right-wing propaganda. A lot of them were influencers that were out to try to make a name for themselves. Matt Walsh himself went to a district he didn't even fucking live in to bitch about the school board. Just for views and clicks. Just for views and clicks. What you're referring to is a memo but like the North Dakota fucking field office of the FBI that said something about investigating possible terrorism in schools or some shit. But they take that fucking shit and run with it. Little grain of truth, they stretch it out. Oh my god, I right wingers are morons. Absolute Yes, the Proud Boys showing up at school board meetings, and that is an actual terrorist group. School in Idaho and was just told by my school board that I cannot go by they them pronouns and that I cannot have my pronouns displayed in my classroom. Anyone Why not? who could help me? Is this legal? It might be in the state you're in. Legal. It should be required. It should be required. You know, you know, this is this. Is, yes, it should be required to display your pronouns in a school. It, it would be hilarious if it weren't frightening, and it would be frightening if it weren't hilarious. You know, it's kind of somewhere between those two things. That not only do these frightening people- and hilarious is the way I would describe Andrew Clavin. Children. Uh, I think really we what we need is we need to teach our I'm children. sorry, I shouldn't comment on people's looks. Riot techniques. That's my purse! I don't know you! <laughs> um, just give them one of those t-shirt guns that they use at school so they can, you know, <laughs> let's take another look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty much just shitting on non-binary people. Why did you guys do this to me? This is the most... This is content for right-wingers, and this shit gets their dicks hard. That The, the whole Matt Walsh book... That segment I did on him, I can't believe he played it on his show because it was so uneventful. Degrees outside. He didn't have anything to say. This is absolutely unacceptable. Unacceptable. What do you mean? You well, and my and my biggest worry is my biggest worry is the groups like the Proud Boys and the much smaller militia groups. Uh, fucking Media Winch will educate you guys that are on Twitch on that when we head over to her here in a few minutes. Uh, like, she she keeps up with the, the SoCal fucking militia groups. Oh, shit. River killed the doctor. Welcome. Thank you for being a freaking follower. But these much smaller militia groups, they're, they're legitimately organizing to go and run for office, for city council, for school board meetings. And these are elections that don't get uh, a lot of turnout. It's a, that's a, That's been one of my pet peeves here on the show, is that fucking a lot of local elections are held during weird times. They'll be on like a Wednesday in the middle of June. Who the... What? 
So it's easy for these radical groups to be able to take over the system. and They, they are running at all levels of government. Uh, we did a story just a few weeks back about how many insurrectionists that were at the Capitol on January the 6th are actually running for office in this upcoming election. Something like 70 of them that we know of thus far? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're worried about pronouns in school. They don't give a shit about all the guns in schools. Luckily, I, I, we haven't had a school shooting in a while. Well, a successful school shooting. Luckily, but honestly, now that I think about it, we're probably overdue for it. Now, remember, kids, my advice to you is to shoot up drugs, not schools. Much safer. Much safer. Way more fun for everybody. <laughs> and wearing masks. You know, it's not going to hurt. The, it's not going to hurt kids. What, what are they going to remember? They're going to remember, you know, no, I was thinking about math. I was thinking about math, you know, and it was, I, I mean, little Tommy next to me, he wasn't moving anymore. But, I, you know, it was, it was so interesting to be, the math lesson was so interesting until Tommy just fell over and then just shattered because he had already turned to ice. You know, our kids, you know, they say the kids are all right. The kids are fine. The, the kids are all right. Like, the the Gen Z don't take no shit. All right, uh, after watching the Andrew Clavin clip here that we're not going to be able to make it all the way through, I can't take any more of this. Daily Wire, you really should hire me as a fucking editor because, God damn, that was horrible. You should have me on with you. Me arguing with right-wingers is money. But the problem with that is I can't get right-wingers to come on and argue with me because I emasculate them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have. I should have screenshotted that face. (laughs) No, no, no. We're moving on. We're moving on. The slight delay fucked us there. We didn't get the screenshot. All right, all right, all right. Last thing we're going to make fun of tonight. This should be fun. This is Candace Owens from the Daily Wire. I'm paying it forward to the Daily Wire for for their help to me this week. Candace Owens is going to tell us about her pet peeves. Hello, guys. It's me, Candace Owens. We are taking a break from politics today because I want you guys to know my biggest pet peeves. He wants us to know. I actually hate all of this stuff equally and passionately, so we can jump right into this. Okay. Number one, fake birthday posts. You have to stop. You guys all know what I'm talking about. It's your best friend's birthday, and you post a picture of you, and you look really good in the picture, but the person whose birthday it is looks really bad in the picture, and you take a because you just want to post yourself, so you just go, Happy Is this a thing? Amazing friend, insert name, Ashley, Amelia, I love you. It's been like the best year, but your friend, Ashley or Amelia, looks really she bad. She said, you all know what it is, and I had oh. no fucking clue what she was so, talking it's about. her birthday. Don't post a bad picture of her. If you want to post a picture of yourself, just do it. Don't use her birthday as an excuse. Number two, I really, really, really dislike food on the floor in kitchens. I have such a thing against when you're walking barefoot in a kitchen and people have just cooked and you've like that slimy feeling. I just think like after you eat, you really should vacuum, Swiffer, just do. Well, put some fucking shoes on. And why, why are you just getting food in the floor all the time? 
I cook every fucking night. I cook almost every meal I eat. I rarely eat out, especially now that the pandemic is happening. I used to go out like once a week. I There's no food in my fucking floor. <laughs> Sometimes I might make a soup or something and I get a little splatter. There's just a... Like, I don't just cook and there's food in the floor. That's weird. What? Do something to the floor and kitchens. Okay, number three. Cannot stand this. It's a new, I guess, artsy-fartsy trend. But, like, all of a sudden you're buying stuff online and now the models are posed in weird, like, gymnastics way. Like, you're trying to buy a shirt and they're upside down. I think Zara's really guilty of this. This new trend of models where I can't see what you're wearing. Like, I'm online. I want to buy the shirt. I want to see what the shirt looks like. I don't really care if your model can do the splits. So please, let's stop this trend. It's really bad. Uh, that's a that's a pretty cool. bougie pet peeve. I cannot stand that technology has gone so forward that we're basically backwards. <laughs> and I'm tired of looking like I'm doing karate in the bathroom because I have to try to turn on the water faucet. Wax on. Or, you know, trying to kick over to get the toilet to work. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. It is so you don't have to touch. A service that other people touch is to prevent the spread of germs. But it's a minor inconvenience to you. So, god damn. Right-wingers really are fucking morons. I, I dated a girl a few years ago, and she worked for Billy Reed. I'd never even heard of Billy Reed. I went into a Billy Reed for the first time ever in my life, and I was like, oh, this is this is a cool shirt. I looked at the price. I was like, fucking shit, what? Who the fuck does this? What? It was like 300 and something dollars for a fucking t-shirt. She once got a dress on sale there. She told me like she spent like 150 on it. Or somewhere in that range. It looked like a fucking potato sack. I had no clue why she wanted it. So don't ask don't ask me about fucking fashion. I'm wearing a t shirt and uh right now pajama pants. Usually it's usually <laughs> cargo pants. I'm comfy tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. She he was bragging about the booster and everything, and Candace, like, changed the subject real fucking fast. That happened, like, just two or three weeks ago. She had to go on to her followers, who are nut jobs, and do, like, a Facebook Live and apologize for Trump. Said he came from, like, an older generation that, that gets their news from mainstream sources. Work, or doing this under, because I'm trying to get... A piece of paper out of the paper towel especially sucks because people always talk. I buy my clothes at concerts. And I'm doing karate and everyone looks ridiculous. Kitschy t-shirt stores. Please stop with the sensor technology in bathrooms. Okay, number five, I cannot. Do not listen to Candace Owens. bitch captions. Can I say that? I guess I'm saying it. I cannot stand basic bitch captions on the internet. Like, I hate, like, hashtag Tuesdays. Am I right? Like, no, you're not right. What do you write about? It's Tuesday. Like, you know, like, oh, Wednesdays, uh, that Wednesday feeling. Like, I just, anything that sounds really annoying and whiny, just please stop using those kind of hashtags. Girls, you got, I know it's a culture. You know what it sounds, do you know what sounds annoying and whiny, Candace? No, you're wrong. Number six, this is a, just a Candace crazy thing. My husband thinks I'm crazy. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. But I cannot stand when I go to the grocery store and people are just not organized and their carts look insane. 
I am so organized. When I go there, I put the fruits and the veggies, and and I actually will stop the bagger and ask them if I can do their job. In fact, actually, another life, I feel like I would have crushed it as a grocery store bagger because I just I cannot stand when people are not organized. And I like, wish, I wish you were a grocery store bagger. We would all be a lot better off if you were a grocery okay, store bagger. I'm gonna say more about that. It's just like, ugh, I just everything about it just makes me want to like. It's not right. Humanity was not meant to ever do styrofoam. Number eight, I actually, I don't like to rank my things that are my pet peeves, but if I had to rank one as number one, it would definitively, I hate to say this, bridal showers. I don't know what- I'll agree with her on that one. Okay, we we finally have some common ground here. Look what happens if you guys have never been to a bridal shower. The bride goes online and picks out everything she wants, right? And then I have not been to a bridal shower, but I've been to a bridal shower expo many times. Wrap it up. As a mobile DJ, AV tech, I've had to set up shit. the gifts one by one and pretends to be surprised for each gift that she picked herself. Well, the beast, welcome. And then she goes, it's the, it's the spoon. Yeah, tones, 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 tones. As an audiophile, you can't tell me that you're getting something, a piece of equipment shipped to you, and you don't want that shit packed in styrofoam. So it's all snug in the box. Less chance of uh, your electronics breaking. Come on now. Come on. Styrofoam is very useful. We should use it less because of its inability to biodegrade easily. That I wanted. Everyone goes, oh, yeah. But it's useful. Oh, thank you. Then she opens another one. She said, look, Mm. it's a box from Tiffany. I think it is one of the creepiest, weirdest things. In general, being a bride is a bratty experience for a lot of women, but I think bridal showers hold a special place. Bratty. The things I am passionately against. Like, just have your friends over. She's used a lot of words that I would use to describe. Annoying, whiny, bratty. By the way, do you want to bring it back home? Like, just have it ship it to your house. Let us celebrate the fact that you're getting married and stop being a spoiled brat. Long story short, don't invite me to your bridal. I say don't get married. Well, there you go. That was Candace Owens's fucking, what, nine pet peeves? You sat through that, you get to see a puppy with a baby doll. Where you going? He's got his baby. It's so sweet. Where you going, your baby? As we new people here, we do the nightly news. At the end, I usually make fun of some stupid videos by right wingers. And at the very end, you you always get animal video. Unfortunately, it looks like he's in a police station. I did not know that when I selected the video. <laughs> If you are watching on Twitch, what the fuck? It is time for Meltdown Monday. Media Winch going to take real good care of you. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night. On the Troll Patrol, live. He's going to stockpile and tours over there. Did you bring him in there?